won't be The Great Scott Show on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. That's a record. into the great Scott show on a Friday, a football Friday. We'll take a break from talking about last night's season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys and looking ahead to this weekend. Take a break from talking college football to focus this segment on Saints football. Pro Nola segment, Saints and Pelicans correspondent Gus Cadengale is with me and Gus Another year, we uh, <laughs> we made it. Uh, I know it looked a little hairy there for a minute. I know you're broadcasting your show and doing your job from afar, but um, the Saints, albeit in Jacksonville against the team from Wisconsin, open up the 2021 season on Sunday, man. We're here. Finally, football is here. Good morning. What's up? Yeah, man. Uh, hard to believe that <laughs> we are. We are here at a new season, and so many different storylines and it's crazy. You know, this past week on the show, we were talking all the different, you know, college coaches we talk on the show, including coach Napier and, um, you know, coach Fritz and you look at, uh, so many, I mean, everybody's this place, you know, nobody's actually at the facility other than coach Napier. And it's, uh, it's just incredible. All these different, um, teams, you know, trying to get their season started or going into week two in college or in the NFL, doing all those things. But at the same time, um, you know, things doing what what you try to do as normal as you can, even though you really can't. ESPN fourteen twenty. Well, on that note, Gus, let's let's talk about the Saints. We uh, I was on your show earlier this week. Latavius Murray gets released on the day that he was set to get to get locked into that that uh, that salary for this year. So. Tough timing for him. He says, nope, pay cut, so they cut bait. And, you know, they needed to make some room for uh, Roby, the cornerback, who won't play this week. He'll play the week after. And they've been able to work the contract around. Texans taking on some of it. But what do you make of the move to both release Murray and bring Roby on this week? Moves that um, I don't know that it was a surprise, but it definitely had people talking a lot, right? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I, I, I would say it was more of a surprise that he made the 53s with you than that it was eventually released. And look, it might have been a combination of things. Um, in terms of, you look at the fact that he said, um, or, or the reports were, you know, that he was offered a chance to stay, but he had to take a reduction in pay. And Davis Murray said no, so they had to part ways. I mean, obviously. I mean, I think if you do deductive reasoning, that reduction in pay was probably so they could bring Roby in, and that's why it's been a bit to try to, you know, get that contract done and all those different aspects of it. So from that aspect, I think, you know, if he would have taken the reduction in pay, then he'd probably still be a member of the New Orleans Saints. But, look, one thing that you heard Coach Payton touch on, um, 
and and be accurate is that you know this was also what Tony Jones Jr. did in the preseason, and Tony played his butt off. He outplayed you know uh, Latavius Murray, and and Murray just didn't look good. You know, maybe Murray didn't respond well to that. Maybe he didn't take the challenge. Um, as tough as maybe he should have, he didn't think, hey, that um, you're going to have, you know, real competition, or he didn't think that maybe his spot was really that up for grabs. I don't know, but he didn't look good. And, you know, you see him make comments after saying, look, he still thinks he can help. He's trying to maybe get up to Ravens and other teams and stuff. I just, you know, it, it was just nuts because we I saw this a little bit. Ago. I think uh, I even talked to you about it when you came on our show on Back on Wednesday, Scott, about, um, you know, we saw Antonio Thomas. We had a fantastic interview with him this week. And I just remember that was the first year that I was the same sideline reporter. And I remember, you know, that game, preseason game four against the Dolphins, where, you know, Sean was getting agitated about constantly being asked about Antonio Pittman, his chances, can he make the team, can he do all those different aspects of it. And then yet, um, all the guy does is went out there and just made plays. And in the first quarter, he scores, what, I think a touchdown, a two touchdowns. The crowd starts chanting for him. And, and I remember being on the sideline going, he just made the team. I mean, he had like a long touchdown run, and the place went nuts. I'm like, he made the team. I mean, it's, and that's the one thing, though, that you got to give credit to, to Sean Payton. You know, Scott, Jeff Duncan had that article this week, 14 undrafted college free agents are on this roster. Now, you can look at it as, one of two ways, right? I mean, that's that's really good, or they're going to be picking in the top five this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's trusting their scouts. That's, you know, looking at it. And the thing is, you hear that number and you go, man, that, that's really a lot. Can, can they really make a difference? Well, that's Callaway, Deontay Harris. You're talking Tony Jones Jr., you know, Malcolm Roach. I mean, who's starting on the defensive line? Yeah, so these are all guys that are going to have to see action that are as important. And I just mentioned the first two in Callaway and Deontay Harris right now with Michael Thomas out. Those are your two best receivers. Now I know Traquan Smith, you know, is there, you know, you're hoping that he takes a step, but he missed a lot of preseason playing preseason games because of injury. That means though, that you should have a pretty healthy team, but let's be very dependent on young players. Gus Gangio, our, our guest. Yeah, um, and you mentioned the UDFAs, and once, you know, Roby's officially on the roster, you'll have seven Buckeyes on there. I think I told you Wednesday, the Saints, they just need to set up, like, some NIL deals in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, at this point, you know, you just might as well have the, the, the Buckeyes repping the Saints on game day because you have so many Buckeyes on the Saints roster, ESPN1420.com. Um, this, this, the, the outlook for this season, I'm still at seven and 10. Um, I, I've, I've been, I've had some pretty compelling arguments from people, whether it, you know, it'd be Nick Underhill or, or others that have made me question whether or not I'm, 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 I'm in the right direction here, whether or not I'm being a little too harsh, that they're going to be better. Uh, I don't think it's a playoff team. I think there's going to be some, uh, I, I'll say this about the Saints, Gus. The 2021 Saints, in terms of ceiling and floor, I think it's probably the widest gap for any team in the NFL. Uh, I think Minnesota's got a pretty pretty wide couple of teams I could put in there. But I think the Saints, if yeah, I, I do, I, I I was about to say if not one of the widest, you know, certain, I think I think they're they got the widest gap between the floor and the ceiling. 
Um, and I think they're going to be somewhere in between that, honestly. So I'm I'm rolling with seven and ten. We'll get into Sunday's game in a minute, but before we get started, I wanted your pick and prediction. What is your win loss record? I know we've kind of been on that a little bit, but now that you've seen a little bit, now that you know the roster, now that we're two days away from kickoff, what is your prediction for the Saints this season? I would say probably along the lines of what you're talking about. I I could see eight wins. Um, look, if the guys and everybody kind of performs to their capability, you know, maybe, maybe you get a few more. Um, but I just think it, it's safe to sort of say that. Look, I think you got to weather the storm. If you can weather the storm um, before the bye, go two and three. Try to, I guess, some first game or two out of the bye. You should have what on Yamada back. Michael Thomas should come back. Then give, I guess, a game or two for those guys to get acclimated and get back in. And uh, um, maybe you can rattle up. That schedule is easy. It's actually tougher to buy. So, I just to me, it just seems like eight, nine max. And, look, if you get ten wins, I mean, you know, statues, man, for the front office, statues for the staff. But um, I just think, and I'm saying that I think that this team is going to be better when they get to the Buffalo game. Um, you'll get the understanding. So you'll get a, a better idea, I think, the closer you get to, I think, to Thanksgiving to be able to give these guys an opportunity to play with one another and get a full comment. So I don't think it's an untalented roster. I just think it's a very unproven roster. So uh, I guess uh, if I have to say today, uh, I'm going to go with eight points. All right, uh, so eight and nine. I think uh, the variant you broke up there. Uh, I'll say seven and ten. And you know, like I said, uh, a wide gap between the floor and the ceiling. So that could prove to be a good thing. If uh, Gus and I are undershooting on this, I think the the current betting line heading into the season is nine. Uh, this team has gotten gone over the total the last four years by multiple games. So in terms of a safe bet, uh, they've been good in the over. But this is a different kind of season. This, is a, this isn't a season of continuity. This is a season of transition for the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, one of the things that they're having to deal with that they didn't anticipate with all this transition was being away from home, practicing in Dallas, and flying to Jacksonville to host the Green Bay Packers in week one. Um, I... I think it's going to be close. I do. I uh, I think the Saints are going to make this thing interesting. You know, they're a a four point dog. Um, I I, yeah, I think that's a I think that's probably the right line. It's it's hard from a betting standpoint, but if you're just talking about straight up, I think the Saints are going to lose a one possession game. I think it's going to be a heartbreaking season opening loss Sunday. What's your prediction, Saints Packers? Because you got what Paulson Adebo likely going to have to start a corner, and and you're facing Aaron Rodgers. So where where are you rolling with Sunday? Uh, um, dude, I that I've talked to, dude, kind of feels the same way. Um, I think the Saints come out with energy. I, I think the Saints can make some plays. Um, I go back to that unprovenness, and and just at the end of the day, too, um, this is a team in Green Bay that you know, was in the NFC championship game. And they're not going to be phased by playing in, in Jacksonville. You, you saw um, one of the things that Aaron Rodgers said, I think, back on Wednesday. He was kind of laughing that um, 
you know, some people are, are saying, well, the reason the Saints picked this is because of their bad record in Jacksonville and stuff. And look, I, I think one aspect of all of this, too, is what he's also trying to prove. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of, I guess, storylines in Green Bay going into this game. So, dude, I think the Saints come out. I think they make it competitive. I definitely think you see them play with that energy. Just have a bad feeling, man. Something or, or rather in um, in that fourth quarter where, you know, you got to try to stop Aaron Rodgers from a two-minute drive. Can you do that? And, and, and something that really isn't being talked about, um, St. Kicker's situation. It's going to be one of those things where it's going to be like a game day, you know, call up or roster, yeah, or yeah. off, I guess. It's just, you know, or, what, what if the Saints drive and Winston drives and two minutes on the other situation and the Saints have a chance to win, but – you know, missed the field goal. I, I just, I have it, I have it like maybe, you know, a four-point loss, three-point loss, or something like that. There at the end, I think the Saints play hard. I just, I, 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 I would be very pleasantly surprised if they wanted to pull it out. I had the Packers Sunday. All right, Gus Cagliari, fourteen twenty. I'm Scott Prather. Gus, I, I got another uh, prediction question, which is what we do, and we're uh, about to kick off the entire season. Uh, maybe, maybe you already talked about it. Maybe the answer to the question mm-hmm. I'm about to ask you is is Tony Jones. I don't know who in your mind will be a a breakout player this year for the Saints in a positive way. Any any position. I mean, it could be along in the trenches, linebacker, safety, skill position. Who's going to be someone that ends up being a big contributor for this team that let's just say people uh, in California are drafting them in their fantasy league right now or talking about them with their friends. Question. Um I guess you have to say a leading candidate in favor would probably be Callaway, right? I mean, this is somebody that we were just hoping could come in and contribute on this team um, to the point now where he's going to be the team's number one receiver. He's going to be a guy that everyone is um, going to be trying to cover. Um, Maybe now he's going to be going up against, you know, Jair Alexander this week. I mean, he's going up against top corners. If he can, you know, be that guy, if that's the case, then, I mean, I can't think of a better player to be a breakout performer because that's all the difference in the world of going from, hey, it'd be nice to, to find another complimentary receiver to becoming a team's number one and then eventually being paid like a number two if Michael Thomas comes back or if he plays so well that might help you in the offseason make different decisions with Michael. So I think, you know, I have to look at him first. I would absolutely say, like you're saying, Tony Jones on that offensive line. Look, one of those things that we haven't seen yet because um, of limited play, uh, preseason action and, and quote-unquote competition, but I'm very interested in Adam Troutman. Yep. I'm interested in Troutman mm-hmm. because the, the leading pass catcher last year, and it's, you know, it's almost like, watching a Harry Potter movie, man, you know, where you can't say, you know, he's, whose name can't be spoken. You, you can't talk about the tight end last year for the Saints. I'm not even going to say his name because it's going to upset people. We're dealing with a lot already. But, Josh, Josh but Hill, you mean? Team. Josh Hill? Oh, Jared Cook, yeah. <laughs> yes, Jared Cook. Hey, man. But, you know, dude, he led the team they in touchdowns. They are thin so, at tight end, and I'm with you well, on Troutman. Well, I, I think I think Juwan Johnson, with with, with respect, was getting way too much preseason love. I mean, he's the, the Saints released their first depth chart. He's third on it at tight end. The guy moved positions. He's he admittedly is still learning how to block. So, yes, maybe when he's in the lineup, you know, he can catch some passes. But 
I, I don't I don't really think he's much of a factor. But what what that did, um, coincidentally, was that coupled with Troutman's injury, which looked like it was going to be worse than it was, it sort of took Troutman from ooh. This is our guy. Look at him. He's going to be the big breakout guy to suddenly people weren't even thinking he was going to play. So we kind of went from having this big spotlight to now being very under the radar. I mean, he's he's not on the injury report, guys. He's playing Sunday. He's starting on Sunday. Knock on wood. Watch something happen in practice today. But like that, I, I, I think Troutman right now is somebody that I would have expected to be under a microscope before the season started if you told me a month ago to pick a guy. And yet mm-hmm. right now he is he's kind of not being talked about much. And Dewan Johnson's getting, my opinion, a little too much uh, just just too much coverage. I think Troutman's the guy. Uh, can he succeed in this offense where uh, how how are the tight ends going to work with Winston? We know how how good tight ends work with Drew Brees. You know, I, I think Troutman's an interesting one, and I, I think he's in a good spot right now in that now he's back to kind of being under the radar a little bit, and I think he could he could be a breakout guy. I mean, I don't know he's got to prove it. Callaway seems like, like you know, to your point, we've we've seen, um, granted, a small body of work, but we've at least seen it. I mean, we've seen more out of Callaway mm-hmm. than we have out of Troutman, and if he is, if, if Callaway, I mean, Callaway's just got, I think, immense potential. Troutman, on the other hand, right. I don't know. He's he's you know what? In terms of everyone on this on the roster, especially on the offense, I think he's the biggest wild card on the offensive side of the football, guys. Yeah, I agree. And you know, we're focusing on that offensive end because obviously it, it, it's important and it's key. But look, Jameis used tight ends pretty good in Tampa. They tried to draft him a couple of tight ends in Tampa because they wanted to use that. Um, you saw in his limited action. In preseason, he used the tight end and likes that tight end spot as well. So to your point, what we're saying is if this guy is just competent, and I don't mean that in a negative way, just like, hey, can you catch the ball? Can you run a certain number of routes? Can you just keep the defense honest? Can you keep those linebackers that are maybe spying on Alvin Kamara to um, you know, to, to, to respect your route running? Can you open up that middle with Callaway and others, you can kind of help each other. If Callaway starts getting passes, that's going to help Troutman. If Troutman can catch passes, then they double up Callaway. So I think he's a very key component. But on the defensive side, something else that stood out to me in that first injury report that came out, um, no Peyton Turner. You didn't see him in the preseason. He started out camp really good mm-hmm. in the practices I got to see. Uh, Scott, I mean, it's I, I thought he was above Davenport. I mean, just that quickly. Just I just you, you just see the explosiveness, his size, and and you know when we talked on our show on Wednesday, I asked you you know what was the top storyline going into it or one of the storylines, and for me, it was that right end pass rush. Who is going to provide pass rush on Aaron Rodgers uh, and the season? But really, in Sunday, I mean, this is it. Marcus Davenport. I mean, we had Mike Triplett on. He's like, I'm high on him. Okay, great. But can he do it? Can he go out there and be the guy that, um, whether it's in pass rushing or creating space for others, which is something that he seems to do very well, he gets right to the quarterback. And, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying when you start a new drinking game, Scott, for Sunday, but, you know, I may. I may at least text you. Uh, the times that Uh-oh. that Marcus Davenport will get to the quarterback, it looks like it's about to be a sack, and he will spin. I don't want to drink. I don't want to take a shot because I want him to continue towards the quarterback. But for some reason, in that preseason game that I was there in the dome, man, 
I was, I, I literally was, I, I was like clawing my, my skull with my hands. I'm like, stop spinning. I don't know why he spins right when he gets to the quarterback on the play that actually Jalen Dalton got the sack on. He got right to the quarterback, stopped, spun, put himself out the play, and then Dalton came in and made the sack. If he just continues the bull rush or just does a bench press on an off-balance lineman, he's going to shove him right into the quarterback, and it's a sack. Um, I don't know why he does that. I, 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 he, he gets low leverage to start. He comes in, and then he will stand up, and he gets stood up, and his momentum and his strength goes away. If he can find – if it can just click that last step, he gets there, Scott. He's one of those – He's, you always see him around there. It's finishing, and he's got the ability just to it, – it won't finish. But if he can at the very least get to the quarterback, make it to where other people are paying attention, and it frees somebody else up, that's going to be key. But I, I thought not seeing Peyton Turner on the injury report was a good thing. Again, though, no preseason games. Um, missed a ton of practice. How much is that? But I guess at the end of the day, Scott, let's be honest, right? Hut, go get the quarterback. If a running back's coming your way, make a tackle. I mean, how complicated can you it be? I, I want him to, yeah, I'm with you. ESPN 1420. And then seeing that first depth chart and seeing him third on it. Now, on the right side of DN, you got Davenport, you got Carl Granderson, you got Peyton Turner. On the other side, you got Cam Jordan. And then you have Tanoa Pasagnan. And with respect to him, I mean, you don't look at him with the same kind of upside as you do, say, Peyton Turner. You know, can Peyton or Granderson, for that matter, can they take some snaps on the left side? You know, if it's a third and long and you know that you got to get to the quarterback, guess what? You don't have, especially with Onyemata being suspended, you don't have the defensive tackle pass rushing that you had with Sheldon Rankins. Um, you don't, I mean, and, and I'm, 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 I like Christian Ringo again, you know, a young man that I know that I've covered excited for him that he gets to start. He's that left starting D tackle for the saints. And, and, and he, he's shown the ability to do it. Not the way Sheldon Rankins did when Rankins was healthy. My point is you're going to need really, really good pressure from the end because you're not going to get it as much in the middle as you used to. Sometimes on an obvious passing down, they like to slide Cam Jordan inside, right? Is that because he's good at it or is that because they're just trying to get the best pass rushers on the field? That is an area, the pass rush, where they have invested a lot of money, a lot of resources, a lot of big draft picks. It has got to produce this year because this, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not, to me, it's not just Davenport. Obviously, he's the big one, right? He's he's like the actor Steven Dorff. Good. I shot Andy Warhol. He was good in Blade. He was good in the True Detective <laughs> right. Season 3. But you know what? You look at that catalog and it's like, good Lord. I mean, fear.com, Bucky Larson, born to be a star, break, you know, alone in the dark. There, There's a lot more bad than good there, and yet you know there's talent. So for him, can he finally put together, you know, like Dorf did in season three of True Detective, can Marcus Davenport kind of have that kind of season on defense? And if he does, I think he'll eventually just find his way out there. Granderson's got talent. Pass rush. It, it it should be a strength this year for the Saints, but it has to be because if it's not, this team with that, you know, just with with with. I, okay, we'll see what Roby can do at corner. I get it. Cornerback's not nearly right. as bad today as it was a week ago, but that pass rush, if it's not good this year, the Saints are toast. Doesn't matter how good or bad your corners are, they're you know the good quarterbacks in the league are going to carve you up. 
Yeah, no doubt. And look, I, I'm I'm real interested too, just to sort of see, um, not not just the pass rush, but look, man, the fact that on the depth chart, Quan Alexander is listed as a starter. I had Zach Bond. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I've been telling people, I'm like, look, I mean, there's a reason Saints fans, and you know this. I'm sure they called your show just like they were calling mine. They, they were calling for the Saints to resign Quan Alexander in February and in March. So he definitely made an impact. And look, there's depth there. I think you're going to see a lot of rotation. Um, I think they believe in Vaughn. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, and in, in, you're going to see him play. Uh, I think Mike Triplett was the first to kind of tell me, you know, expect to maybe see Quan in passing situations because he's a better cover, you know, linebacker uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and, and things of that nature. So I, I think it will, it, it will, it will work there, you know, from that aspect of it. All right. Great stuff from Gus. We're going to let you go, man. Um, final question. We don't need to get every single prediction. My, my Super Bowl picks this year were Chiefs, Packers. The weird thing about Green Bay and, and kind of going with them is like, I I I see a scenario, a very real scenario where if they hit a, a tough stretch of adversity, I don't mean losing a game here or there, but a tough stretch where they lose two or three, or there's questions about play calling, where it could fall apart in a hurry because. Rodgers has kind of developed this us-against-them mentality, and I don't mean them as in the opponent. I mean them as in the front office. So uh, it could it could get it could get dicey there quick. But this is also a team that's consistently won, you know, 12, 13 games, right? They've been in the conference championship game the last couple of years. This is a team that I think is still going to win a lot of games despite the issues between Rodgers and the front office. And I don't know. I think the Bucks are – but they also look in, in today's NFL. You don't you don't repeat. You know the Patriots were the last team to do it into a four oh five. But you know let's not forget about Spygate and other things that were happening back then. I mean, if you really want to go back, you know before that you got to go back to Denver in the nineties. The point is, it's just so hard to win a Super Bowl and to repeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, good luck, right? I just I had I have to go with a different team in the NFC. As far as the Chiefs go, you could say to them too. Well, no, because they they didn't win two years in a row. You know, we saw the Patriots recently go to three Super Bowls in a row, but they didn't win all three. Right? They won two of three, but they couldn't get it done. Nick Foles, Philadelphia, all that stuff. And the third one, let's be honest, they should have been playing the Saints in that one instead of the Rams. But the Saints got Vinovich. So I think uh, I go Packers, Chiefs. What's your what's your? And I, I like the Chiefs to win it all this year. Yeah, boring. I get it. Okay, what is your Super Bowl prediction this year? Then we'll let you run. Oh boy, um, you know, honestly, I I think you're gonna have to prove. <laughs> Tampa's got to be a, a, a favorite to to at least get to that AMC championship game. I'm with you. I think Green Bay is pretty good um, in that aspect of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know. It, it depends how they handle their quarterback. Team. If San Francisco's healthy, man, they were a talented team. I mean. They, they were in the Super Bowl, you know. So up ten, up ten. Um, what early in the fourth quarter? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, now Jimmy G is starting. I think the whole way Shanahan's handled that's been very strange. But if you know, they had COVID and they had injuries decimated their team last year. If they're remotely healthy, I'm telling you, keep an eye on San Fran. Um, I know everyone's going to love the Cowboys in the East. I just don't see a Super Bowl champion coming out of the East. Um, 
you know, so, and again, Saints are in that window just yet. So I, I would probably say Green Bay, Tampa out of the NFC, watch maybe San Fran. And in the AFC, dude, I think Buffalo KC are my immediate favorites. But you know what? If Najee Harris can provide a run game for Ben Roethlisberger, let's not forget the Steelers went 11 and 0 to start the season. Steelers and are being overlooked by so plays, many, man. You're right. I 100% agree with you. And look, all they got to do is get into the playoffs. And, and look, the way they ended that game and that season. So I would say, look, favorites are Chiefs and Bills. Dude, the Browns are a good football team. They're finally getting some coaching and they got the weapons. If, you know, Beckham gets his head on right, and they can run the football. They got a good tight end. They got a – I mean, Scott, look at their defense. The 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 draft picks that they've got on that defense, if they, if they can get going, and the fact they got to the playoffs last year and, 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 and started to believe, um, that could be a team that could maybe surprise us. So those would be my top four over there in the AFC and – I, I don't, to the point where I almost think the AFC has, you know, a, a ton of young, you know, arm and quarterback talent. I think the Chargers might make the playoffs this year. I got them in so, the playoffs. I have them not winning, yeah. not winning the West. I have the Chiefs, but no, I have I have LA Chargers yeah. getting in the playoffs. I still want to yeah. call them. Remember Saturday seven spots. Time. So you know you got seven spots to be able to get into it. Um, I, I just think the NFC. I, I think it, it's competitive. I, I definitely do. Um, I, I just don't see elite, and, 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 I, and I say that because even last year. I never really saw the Bucks blow out a ton of people, right? I mean, Tom Brady won games that was yeah, passing for 199 dollars right or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, but they're a good team. You got to beat them. You got a guy's going to make the good decisions. You got a good defense. Um, I'm with you, though. It, it's tough to repeat. So you know, you're going to get everybody's best shot, but you know, I still, I, it's just tough for me to say that they, they all they got to do is get in, which is what they did last year. They just got to get in. Once you get in the postseason. You got to beat Tom Brady and in the Bucks, you know, do or die. So I guess that's where I'm going with that. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. He is Gus Cattengale at GCAT underscore 17, ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans, weekdays, noon to three with the sports hangover. And uh, he is. My friend, all the best to you and the family, buddy. Thank you, as always, for taking the time. I know life's crazy right now, but our listeners love hearing for you from you on Fridays. And uh, the season's here, man. I mean, next week we're talking about a, a real Saints yeah. regular season football. And, hell, before you know it, what are we, less than a month away from the Pelicans starting camp? Uh-oh. I yeah, mean, it, it's um, right there. What is it, October 4th, I think, is when they start their season. So um, is their preseason game? So the 27th. I think it's media day, and yeah. it's the first week, so it's three, one, three Mondays, dude. Not next Monday, but two from then. Jeez, Louise. All right, well, plenty yeah. for us to chew on. Looking forward to it. And uh, once you get back to Louisiana, we'll give you some cracklings to chew on. Don't worry. Sounds good, man. Take all care. Right. Scott and Gale, when we come back, we'll take a look at the betting lines for all of the week one games around the NFL and a couple of notable college football games. Dr. Brian Maggard, Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, or I guess as he calls him now, the, uh, the official title is Intercollegiate Director of Athletics. We're going to talk to him at 815, all of that and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN.com. Check it out! 
now is the time to celebrate. Finally, the first NFL Sunday of the season is about to kick off, and DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, is putting you in the center of this weekend's action. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit by signing up using code 1420. Get in on the action now. It's simple. You just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize and compete for millions in prizes across all contests. Enter code 1420 to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code 1420. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.